Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hey there, folks. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, where we interview smart people from around the world doing great things. And today is no exception. Today, I get to chat with Andy Bins, who is the director at ChangeLogic. Andy, how's it going today? It's going very well. Thank you, Anthony. I'm very, very delighted to be here to speak with you and your, uh, your listeners. Uh, me too. I'm so excited. You've done so many cool things. Uh, you were telling me that you got just got off the phone with, well, the other continent. Uh, but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, uh, how you got to where you are, and, and some of the notable organizations that you've worked for and with? Sure. So uh, I am an advisor, facilitator, consultant, working with a lot of companies around the world, and we help them to figure out how to lead innovation successfully. And so it's it's sort of what many people regard as a, a sort of an oxymoron, right? My dad was in the Royal Air Force, and he always used to say that military intelligence was an oxymoron. Well, corporate innovation for many people is an oxymoron. Something some, that can't possibly exist together in the same sentence. But it's what we do. And we work with many different firms, some technology firms, uh, insurance, a bunch of different firms. I learned this when I was working at IBM in the sort of early 2000s. We created a number of multi-billion dollar firms out of the assets that IBM had. And so we kind of honed an approach to how you do that. And so we've worked with um, the American technology firm, Analog Devices. We've worked some with Intel. We've worked with um, uh, Unica Insurance in Europe. We're working with General Motors. We're working with the NEC Corporation in Japan. You know, we have quite a, a broad reach of, disc, uh, of companies that we work with. That's awesome. And yes, yeah, I think you also work for McKinsey, but you know, like, like even, if, yeah, even if you don't take me, away please. that. Forgive me, please. Ah, no problem. Well, what I found that you just so casually mentioned was, you know, I work with this organization that, you know, we just spun off a couple billion dollar companies from from our innovation. And what I find fascinating about that is that in the early 2000s was really an opportunity of innovation. And then when you created the right product service sequence offering for the market, there was such a, a, a green field or blue ocean or whatever other strategy term you want to use to be able to deploy that. And I'm curious as your perspective as to what you see now for the future in 2022. So here's my question. As we think of corporate innovation in 2022, what are some of the things that that really excite you about the marketplace, about technology, about people? And we'll go from there. So, so I, I want to go back just to uh, I'll, I'll answer your question, but I, but I want to just address one thing you said that I think is is kind of important. So so the way we think about this is that these episodes of innovation in large corporations are led by somebody, and we call them the corporate explorer, and that, that's the name of uh, uh, the book that we've just published. And and and, and they're corporate explorers right now. So we get and talk about corporate explorers today. But the interesting thing is this has been going on for decades. This is not new. Corporations have always had corporate explorers. You can go back uh, the ATM machine, 
you know, for those of us who still use cash, so maybe these are coming out of out of usage now. But if you go to an ATM machine, the first ATM machine was created out of out of the three hundred year old British company Delarue, right. and it was a a, a a manager working for Delarue who came up with the idea and who generated it. So, so I want us to always be thinking that that this notion of corporations being able to generate innovation, generate new businesses is more common than we understand, right? Uh, and so, so with that, let, let me come to your question. What, what should we be looking, looking for? Obviously, digital is everywhere and, and, and pervasive. And, and, and so it, it, it's, it's about connectivity. It's about data that is being captured in, in environments that previously you couldn't uh, know about. Uh, and it's then about our ability to process those data and, and develop insights with, with AI uh, and so on. What I think is interesting about that is that many of the opportunities for corporate innovators involve skipping over their um, their current customers in some cases, right? Because if you go into a technology firm, uh, for, just for example, uh, there are many technology firms who build different base layer technologies that get built into applications that then become used in factories, hospitals, in, in at home or whatever. And previously, there were this layer of people who would act as integrators or OEMs for, for, for different devices or whatever. But actually, many of these technologies now are going to be accessible to a broader um, set of different uh, makers and technologists and startups and and so on um, because they can be accessed and you can use virtual tools to design circuit diagrams or to see how different components will work together this is an exploding area of, of possibilities uh, I think and it and and that principle will of skipping over a layer, uh, of the market will 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 be true in other domains as well. Um, so th this is one of the threads that I expect to become incredibly important in the next uh, five ten years. Cool. Well, I definitely want to ask you about the skipping over customers, specifically from a strategy perspective, because you like the hey, you know, we look at a strategy timeline as three years because innovation is so fast. And saying, hey, you know, yeah. that is the core customer, but what about in the future? But before I do that, like going back to the idea of, of a corporate explorer and the way I hear it is distinct from an innovative organization requires innovative people to be brave and then presumably the environment for them to thrive and fail within that is accepted and, and, and even celebrated. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about the corporate explorer, how it came to be. Yeah, totally. So the corporate explorer, my first corporate explorer was over 20 years ago when I was working at IBM. And it was this woman, Carol Kovac, Dr. Carol Kovac uh, at IBM. She started her career uh, as a chemist. She was a bench scientist. She moved into IBM and learned the computer industry. She had an opportunity to bring her sort of domain knowledge of, of science into uh, application at IBM. That opportunity came about because the, the 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 business was interested in exploring into new areas, and so there was she she was fortunate. Not like all of our corporate explorers, she was fortunate as having you know a, 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 a head of strategy in a business who was saying, "Yeah, we need to find some new areas of growth." But like all of our corporate explorers, it took her personal you know commitment, passion, determination to make this happen. You know, and and so I, I talk about corporate explorers as not being given this job; they take it. Right. Another example of a corporate explorer is uh, Christian Kurtish. 
a Hungarian manager in an insurance company running the outpost for Unica Insurance in Hungary, right, which is a relatively small market in Europe. And, and he sees the opportunity to create a new digital um, insurance business, right, which I can describe. And rather than kind of put forward a business plan and you know get 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 it uh, through through maybe an ideas competition or any of these kind of traditional routes he works the social influence route he talks to people he gets the idea in front of managers uh, and eventually he gets to the ceo and the management board with the idea and he doesn't just stand there with a dry story about what numbers he can he he can reach and what revenue he can drive he tells them a dramatic story he tells them and with, with this sort of he has a picture of the insurance company you know tower block with all of the army of administrators and loss adjusters and all the rest of it and he says i'm going to need three people Right. This insurance model I'm going to build is completely different to the one we've had, and let me tell you why. Right? And his CEO says, "This, if this is true, this is a hand grenade into the uh, to the insurance industry. We've got to play in this, otherwise we will never learn what the future looks like." Right? And so my point is that he brought this to the attention of his senior team. And yes, he needed an enlightened CEO and he needed uh, all, all the rest of it. But, but, it, but a lot of this has to do with his passion, his ability to tell a story, his ability to see the opportunity to solve a big problem in the world that, that matters. And that's true of Carol Kovac and IBM. Uh, and it's true of many of the other corporate explorers that we talk about. So, so yes, there's a corporate story, but there's also an individual leadership story uh, that is true of these corporate explorers that in some ways doesn't look different to an entrepreneur. Right? Mm. And then they share a lot in common uh, with them. They just make a decision to do it inside rather than outside the firm. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was taking away from that. Like without using, hey, the word in entrepreneurship, or I hear intrapreneurship, you know, that that commitment to do something new and innovative. So I'll let you choose. Can I just come on that and see a sec? So, so this word intrapreneur has it, got a problem, which is that if you, if you like linguistically, what it means is to innovate within the company. Intra means within. And that's not what we're doing. Typically, the corporate explorer is also at the avant-garde of bringing the outside in, making the company much more sensitive to information about customer needs and priorities and so on. And so it's just like a I just think it's like a terrible word from that point of view. Uh it, it us all wrong. Hey, sorry to interrupt. It's Anthony here again. I just wanted to let you know if you're enjoying today's episode, I'd love it if you could give us a review and a comment to let us know where you're listening from. It means a lot to us. It helps us with the algorithm. It also helps us get into the hands of more people so that we can keep bringing great guests onto the show. So please do that. Also, if you or your team are planning a strategic planning offsite coming up, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to see if we're a fit to facilitate, to support you and your team getting on the same page and getting clear about where you want to go. So you can visit smestrategy.net or click the link in the description. We'd appreciate both of those things. Now get us back to the episode. Yeah. Well, I get that. I, from my perspective and just in my usage of it is an entrepreneur within a company that does the same yes. applications, yes. but I also yes. understand the, the semantics between the two. Okay. So 
Choose your own adventure time. Which would you rather talk about? Uh, how to foster the qualities of being a corporate explorer internally. So young leaders that say, hey, I really love pushing companies to the forefront. I see that a lot with TikTok, which is a weird example. But brands that have been able to do TikTok successfully have created this like crazy space for themselves. So would, do you want to speak to the people who are aspiring corporate explorers? Or do you want to talk to the organizations that are curious and desire change, but might not have been able, and you know what I mean by change, desire yeah. that next level, um, but want to be able to foster that and support uh, people within it. So I'll get you to choose which, which audience do you want to talk to today? Good, good. Thank you. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to pick honest, but I'm going to start out by saying I'm schizophrenic. Okay, great. Right. Um, because necessarily, you know, I'm coming to you as as two people, as as director of Change Logic, uh, a consulting firm working with with CEOs and teams on innovation. I'm going to talk to the second audience. I'm going to talk to organisations. How do they enable? How they set this up? But I'm here with my other personality uh, as author of Corporate Explorer, and and with that, there's no question who I want to talk to. I want to talk to that aspiring. Uh, corporate explorer, because because this book is about how do we get them inspired, equipped, enabled, sometimes to deal with the other guys, right? It's 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 very much a book about how do you manage the reality of what makes it hard and also what makes it possible. Uh, so I, I'll definitely want to talk to that to, to that that first audience of the corporate explorer. Answer. Perfect. Shoot. What do you want to tell them? I want to tell them that it's possible to do it right. Uh, and first off. Think of um, this as being a, a mission of innovation and of change, right? So, so yes, you need to be just like any entrepreneur. You need to be really good at ideation, incubation, and scaling. And we know how to do these things, right? These are disciplines um, that have become more and more honed in in business practice. Ideation, there's, there's a ton of methodologies and techniques and ways of getting at what's in a compelling customer problem in the world that you're going to solve. Never start with a solution. Start with the problem. Start with what you observe in an important customer group that you want, whether it's a consumer, be it a business, whatever it is, know what problem you're going to solve. And then by all means, develop and ideate a solution to that problem. Right. And then you're going to incubate it. And this is, I think, a, a leap forward in business practices, our ability to think about business experimentation. Right? How do we test and learn ourselves towards a solution? I give uh, our friend Steve Blank huge credit uh, for teaching us how to think about this. And this is, this is a big topic. And then scaling. And to be fair, we know less about scaling. There's less written about it. It's less well known. We could talk some about what it takes to, to scale a venture in, in, in a moment, if you'd like, because that, that's pretty important. But the, the point is, these three disciplines we can define, right? And so if you're a, an aspiring corporate explorer, know what those three things are about. But then you've got to manage change. And one of the interesting things about managing change in organizations is that it is based on relationships and on the social capital that you can build with your colleagues, your peers, and so on. And, and, and really, this is just like you're going to go get funding from a venture capitalist at some level. You, you have stakeholders. They're just different. And don't treat them like they're the same. They're not. They're different and understand where your allies are, where your advocates are, who's going to be that angel investor in the senior team, and 
understand what they need and help them make you successful, make them excited about what they've done to help you, right? Which takes a little selflessness as well to make that, make that work. So it's really this innovation and change that you need to work on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's really cool. I mean, I had never thought about it in that perspective. So as an entrepreneur, as somebody who started a business, as a serial entrepreneur, which makes me even more dangerous, the idea like, yeah, a lot of people can ideate. A lot of people can create an idea. And sometimes they create a lot of idea with no follow through. And then that's where like, hey, the idea is a great part that is solving a problem, not being focused on the solution, which speaks to your final point about being concerned about the people you're serving, not concerned about yourself. The incubation means you need to build it to a level of success, whether that's an MVP, whether that's showing repeated success, because that's what, you know, if you look on Shark Tank, they say, hey, what are your revenues? Well, it's great to have an idea. We need you to have a revenue. And then if you go on Shark Tank or Dragon Center, whatever, then that's the scale. All of them require a different set of skills. You do not need to do all of them. But I think you need to be a different person at those levels because your requirements and your relationship and your ability to manage different levels and scopes of change are going to be different depending on which game you're playing. Is that fair to say, Andy? I think that's extremely well put is this, and, and, and this ability to learn, right? You, You know, you're not gated by, what you know, you're gated by your capacity to learn, the rate of learning that you have uh, as an entrepreneur, as a corporate explorer. And part of the learning is about the market, about the need, the opportunity, but part of it is about yourself and the team that you lead and the the capacity to understand that what's appropriate at ideation is just different uh, when you come to scaling. Uh, and, And to be fair, not all entrepreneurs or corporate explorers make it all the way through. You know, some of them are really great at getting to incubation and then they'll go back to the beginning again. Right. Uh, and that that's OK, too. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what's interesting. We were talking about without saying the C word, the changes that have gone on over the past two years is like it required rapid innovation. And fortunately, fortunately, the change it had to stick because it's stuck, whereas other changes don't stick. And it goes to that change management, that incorporating it into the culture. But you had the winds of change kind of blowing at your back, whereas other organizations, you have more resistance. And so it's harder to even with a great idea, if you have too much resistance, it's not going to get across the line. But being the kind of person that's willing to make that change out of either you know, expected upside or necessity, I think changes how you approach it, but doesn't change the outcome. You just need to have that, that same system in place. Well, you know, this past two years is, is, is also particularly 2020 also kind of burst the myth of corporate inertia, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, we can't do things quickly around here. They learn to pretty fast, right? My uh, Austrian insurance client learn to stand up a virtual call center in two weeks. That would have taken two years just to get it in front of the management board previously, right? So we have learned that that firms can move fast if they choose to. And the question is always about motivation. And that's the job of the corporate explorer. How do you make the story one of compelling opportunity and also threat, right? So that that need to move, that need to to make the first commitment uh, to get started uh, is something that feels unavoidable. And, you know, as a serial entrepreneur, Manti, I mean, my guess is that, you know, that's true when you go to raise funding from a VC firm, right? You've got to get them to the point where they really want to be a part of this. 
But what's interesting, you share, I have never actually gone to ask VC, it's still bootstrap. But what I find interesting is you use the word learned like three, four, five times, as in it's not a, a, a state, it's not a, 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 a like a fixed state. Like you can learn to do all of this stuff. And then when you talk about making the story, it's like, hey, it's it's compelling enough to move that forward. So you need to be able to see, hey, I'm adopting this and it's something that's worthwhile, like all change. But they have to be able to say, hey, you know, if it's not compelling enough, nothing's going to move. And for yourself as an individual and as an organization, it is a, a new behavior that you need to foster and, and develop, not a steady state. I think that's exactly it. And, and the interesting thing is that, you know, so here, as you asked, I'm talking to our, our corporate explorer. And as a an aspiring corporate explorer, let me tell you, I work a lot with CEOs of big corporations, and they have the same challenge. They're still learning. The best are still learning. They're still curious. And, and don't think of them as all-powerful, all-knowing they actually often are curious. They want to see people stepping forward in their organizations who can articulate something about what they can do to meet those kinds of challenges as to what's happening in the future. And if you shift your mindset towards that, you can make a lot of progress. And, 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 and we, we all know that corporations wrestle with this challenge of how do I sustain the core business while also exploring into new areas. And that's that's the, the paradox of it being in a large organization that an entrepreneur doesn't deal. And so this core and explore challenge is one that, that a CEO is managing all the time. Well, if you're a corporate explorer, you've got to know that. You've got to know what motivations they have about the core that maybe this explore could could pay attention to. Maybe it's um, a capability they want to develop, like how do you connect to the cloud and develop subscription-based services? That was very important a few years ago. Or indeed, how do you uh, attract people to platforms? Whatever the capability might be that you can learn. As a corporate explorer, you can teach the firm some of these things and be valuable even before you monetize um, the uh, the business, right? Just in terms of the, the things you, you help the business to learn. Uh, about the future and changes in the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I definitely still want to ask you about, I mean, we might not be able to get into those specific technological trends. I think as we wrap up and start uh, talking about companies, organizations, yes. as they move from that core to explore phase, as they look at creating those opportunities for themselves. And I heard like a three, three things. How do you first that curiosity? Second, the capability. What do I need to be able to do this? Like, how do I start putting it together from a capacity standpoint? And then outcomes. What are the outcomes that I want? Yeah, that's what I heard out of the framework to look at that. Yeah, totally. You know, one of the things that corporations struggle with is what's the scale of my ambition, right? And it's interesting. We just talked the other day to a large retailer, and this is like top-notch stuff that they're doing. They have created a, a program by which they look outside for areas of opportunity. They bring entrepreneurs in to help them think about how could they leverage the assets that, that the, the, the retailer has that could help them explore those opportunities. They have their own venture capital firm that can take a stake in, in, in building out those brilliant stuff. This is, this is outstanding innovation by, by a corporate. And, and the head of strategy we speak with is like, well, that's really great, but I don't know if it's going to move the needle on our growth challenge. 
Why? Because it's lots of little things, lots of little possibilities. And there's a, a repeating pattern that our corporate explorers, when they start, sometimes have, which is to think about only small innovations, not ones that are really going to shift the business in a big way. Right. And and I would argue that most CEOs want to see those bigger ideas, the ones that have a path to a billion dollars, you know, for in many cases, right? Something, or maybe it's 100 million, whatever the scale of the business is, but something that's going to make a difference to the business and that is appropriate to the scale of opportunity rather than just the scale of what you think you're capable of or what you think you can get funding to do or what what it is compared to the the the, the growth rate of the business today and because that that's the way an entrepreneur thinks they think in terms of well what's the scale? you know Jeff Bezos didn't sit there and think well how could i sell a few more books right he sat there and he thought about how can i dominate <laughs> e-commerce starting with books Right. And then what's my path going to be? And he builds a distribution network with the thought about the future, not the present. And, and so I want corporate explorers to be thinking with that same mindset. What's my path to scale? From the beginning, I want a bunch of ideas about how that might happen. And we talk a lot about hypotheses, you know, testable um, statements that you can go out and learn from. And, and, and I want you to have those for where you're going to get this to scale not just about how you're going to do something a little bit incremental and a little bit interesting. Because many of those best-in-class innovation programs in corporations only teach you to do that little piece of what's interesting and the, and the little stuff. I want to get much bigger with this. And, and in the book, we talk about people who've done that successfully. Cool. Well, I love that. Well, I mean, one of the examples I think of is like Apple with their AirPods. Like You might not have a, a game-winning innovation every year, but when it hits it really hits. So what I'm taking away from that is the awareness, understanding, and foresight of looking at all of these little innovations, which is the first part, right? The, the ideation. The ideation. Yeah. And yeah. then seeing, hey, which of these can we incubate? And not even looking at that, saying, hey, which one can scale? And then I guess work work backwards from there to see Always which working are- backwards. What's the scale of your ambition? And is it equal to the opportunity or threat of the disruption you face? Perfect. I love that. All right, that's, I think that's everything. Okay, we got it, folks. Uh, <laughs> and where can people connect with you? Where can they learn more about the work that you do with organizations? And where can they get your book? Well, uh, go to uh, Amazon uh, or your favorite e-commerce vendor for Corporate Explorer. And uh, it's released on February 2nd in the US and globally in March. Uh, and changelogic.com uh, is, is, is my business. Find me on LinkedIn. Love to, to hear from anybody who's interested in this topic. Love talking about it and learning about it as well. This book is full of things other people have taught me. And so I'm always open to new learning. Awesome. Well, what I think is so cool about not only the concept, the idea and the wording behind it, but it really gives somebody like a hat to put on within an organization that they can take on and saying, hey, you know, today, and whether that's the CEO or whether that's somebody inside an organization, you know, the one being tasked with that next step. And I think like in the early 2000s where transformative change happened, I think we're in for a lot of it very fast. And from companies that we have no idea who they are, but they're going to have a big enough idea that's going to make some some big things. And perhaps I'm naive that that's how the world is going to become a better place because we're going to solve all of the world's problems, but I got my fingers crossed. So uh, Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you very much. 
Ladies and gentlemen, folks and people, my name is Anthony Taylor. My guest, Andy Bins, who is the director of Change Logic and the author of Corporate Explorer. Please check him out. Think of how you can take that next level of scale in your organization or for your organization. And uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like it and give us a comment about what innovations you're putting through in your organization. My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for watching. And until next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Before you go, I wanted to make sure that you knew about our signature course that'll help you better align your team and get them bought into your strategic plan. It's presented really simply that whether you're a seasoned veteran or brand new to strategic planning, it'll help you better understand it, it'll help your team think more strategically, and it'll help you better prioritize and set goals. Ultimately, it's gonna give you a plan that you can execute successfully. Because you have no idea how many plans that I see that look good, but are missing key components to make them successful. And we cover all of those missteps in the course. On top of all the video training, you'll get access to all of our workbooks and access to our knowledge base and community. The course is only $4.95 and you can get instant access to all of the videos. Plus you can use the code podcast for $100 off. Course comes with a 100% money back guarantee. If you don't get value from the course, let us know and we'll give you all of your money back. So go to smestrategy.net slash course, use the code podcast for $100 off. And I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to support you and your team in getting alignment and moving your strategic plan forward. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.